0: Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host, Dana, or the DHK as I'm known. Only one thing up for review this week, but the runtime of it makes it feel like it could have been three films, and that is Killers of the Flower Moon from Martin Scorsese. This week, I've got Killers of the Flower Moon, and I'm going to start off by saying if you are a huge Martin Scorsese fan or if you're someone who treats the Academy Awards like your Super Bowl – You're going to see this movie because whether or not it deserves it, and I'm not saying it doesn't deserve it, but whether or not it deserves it, it's going to be in the awards conversation for films this year because it's a Martin Scorsese film, and he just sort of gets a default pass these days. Now, for everybody else, do I think this is a good movie? Yes. Do I think the runtime is beyond bloated? Also, yes. This is a 3 hour and 26 minute film. Uh, Some of that is credits, but... This is my big problem with Martin Scorsese's more recent work. You know, I'm not arguing that the man is a brilliant director, you know, an absolutely master craftsman at the technical side of it, the storytelling side of it. But in the last few years, uh, you know, I I would say, you know, I would cite something like Irishman is a really good example. People have stopped saying no to him. And this is not just him, right? This is your James Camerons. This is your Steven Spielbergs. These are anybody who hits this sort of level of notoriety. People just seem to stop telling them like, you know what? Hey, Marty, maybe you could shave, I don't know, an hour off this film. And that's not to say it's not a great film. Ironically, I actually would have considered watching it as a series and be like really into it, especially in this era of, you know, your 1923s, your 1886s or whatever, you know, all those Paramount shows. And this is from Paramount and Apple. But you might be asking yourself, what is Killers of the Flower Moon about? So it takes place in the 1920s in Oklahoma, and it's about the Osage Nation, which is a group of indigenous people who, you know, got shuffled about a bit, and then the land that they eventually settled on was full of oil. And so suddenly they become sort of rich. But there is a cost to that. And, you know, while they have money, uh, uh, white Americans start to try and move in and take advantage. And so it's about their sort of power balance and uh, this one particular family uh, led by Robert De Niro, who are in the town and who are intertwined with their community. And then all the horrible things that happen to... These people who have already had horrible things happen in that this, you know, land has effectively been stolen from them. Leonardo DiCaprio plays Robert De Niro's nephew. Lily Gladstone plays one of the Osage women who... I, you, If you have been hearing about this movie, you have been hearing about Lily Gladstone. And I went into it very excited for her performance. She's the one I was most excited to see. And she absolutely did not disappoint. I, I talk a lot about being frustrated by awards. But I would be very surprised if she does not get nominated for an Oscar. I-, I think she gives this really complex and quiet performance that we don't get to see on screen as much. Especially in these sort of like gimme gimme an Oscar roles. And I'm not saying she went into it thinking that. But this whole film setup is certainly that. You know. It's beautifully shot. It's well acted. I am not a huge Leo fan I think he's fine in this you know Robert De Niro much like Martin Scorsese whom they've collaborated a bunch together is good in this like undeniably it was funny watching him try to do a sort of Oklahoma accent he does a better job than I would have expected but you can hear you can still hear the Robert De Niro in it and it's fine because he is playing this sort of like shadow of a character who we've seen him play before the structure of the story as a whole I feel like is actually territory that Martin Scorsese has gone into before which is also why i'm like i feel like you could have been more efficient at this because you know how to tell this story like the story of the osage people it's it's good that it's being told you know this is one of those sort of sad scenarios where yes it took basically a, a white man coming in to tell the story and it would have been nice if it had been told through their lens and like they got to tell their own story but it's good that attention is being brought to it and you know if you hear all the materials around it it's very clear that they consulted heavily with the osage nation but as I say, you know it's just disappointing that like this story wouldn't have gotten picked up probably if Martin Scorsese hadn't been attached. So it's good that he's attached, but it's also indicative of the sort of state of storytelling right now. You know, it's a hard movie to watch, no questions asked, the runtime aside, because it's bad. It, bad things happen, you know. Um, it's it's unfortunate. I think it's important. I hate saying that about films, but it is good to learn about these things and if it takes a film to be like a fictional film to be the thing that enlightens you to it and like forces you to confront the actualities of this history then you know more power to it but I just think that runtime is bloated and uh, you know I t- spoke to somebody before I saw it and they were like oh I couldn't think of what I could cut and I guess I just kept sitting there being like no I would cut this and I would cut this and I would cut this it's just some of the sort of superfluous beautifully shot you know there's some beautiful shots but I'm just like this part of it exactly isn't enhancing the story and there's already plenty of story there that like you you don't need to just let it roam or you know it's a question of taste obviously but it is going to put a lot of people off of it like I look at this through the lens of do I tell my parents to watch this movie you know it's a hard one to tell people watch in terms of like oh hey you want to watch a bunch of atrocities being committed like go on have fun but I do think it's well crafted I just don't think in good conscience I could tell them to go see it in a theater because, it, you know, you get uncomfortable. And it was good for me that I saw it in a theater because I couldn't get distracted by my phone and things like that. And not that that is how we should be making films these days. But at the same time, you have to keep the audience in mind and like engagement levels and... I kept going, you know. It's it at a two hours in, I was like, "Oh my god!" There's an entire ninety minute ninety minutes is another movie in here, and like, what is the story we're telling here? And uh, you know, there are a couple stories. I the last ninety minutes actually were like I was really invested in, and it's it's sort of a shift and and becomes more about like uh, you know investigations and things like that. But you know, I. Uh, I feel like I'm like it sounds like I'm being super down on it. I still think it's a good movie. I certainly, you know, found it much easier to palette than something like The Irishman, which I just found like incoherent and so self indulgent. This at least I'm like, okay. I see why you're sort of telling this story that is structured similarly to other stories you're told, but like there's new factors to it because we haven't seen these types of characters like get to actually have their story told and have them be three-dimensional characters and have like depth to them. So I understand that. The Irish, you know, whatever, like Hitman stuff. We've seen, Jimmy Hoffman, we've seen so much of that. So I was like, I don't need the Irishman to be at the same runtime as Killers of the Flower Moon. I don't need either of them to be as long as they were. And it's, it's frustrating. I'm just going on a film school tangent here, but what else are we here for? You know, he has one of the best. Martin Scorsese is one of the best editors in the world and Thelma Schumacher and I'm just like maybe it's time to switch it up just in the fact that like you you stopped editing each other you know like I know it's partially in the script and partially the DP and partially all this stuff but if you cut it down a little bit this would have gone from like oh this is a good movie to like holy heck this is one of the best movies I've seen all year and it's early in you know there are films I'm looking forward to the rest of this year but overall I still (laughs) I'm still you know I think it's a good movie you know if you are daunted by the runtime I will say you can wait to see it later when you are in the comfort of your home. Like it's it's beautiful and it would benefit from being seen on screen. But it was me and I was deciding between my physical comfort and like the viewership on screen. I would pick my physical comfort. I know that might make me a bad film kid. But like I don't care at this point because I've had to sit through however many of these are tour films that clock in over three hours where I'm just like, no, make it stop. I want to briefly shout out the rest of the cast. You know, I think everyone does do a very good job on that front. Jesse Plemons is in it. Tantu Cardinal, John Lithgow, Brendan Fraser, I hope that's not a spoiler. I had no idea he was in it, and literally everyone gasped when he was in it, but he's in the credits, so, you know, Brendan Fraser's in it. Tan Tan Pat Healy, Scott Shepard, Sergio Simpson, William Below, Lewis Cancelby, and, you know, I, I again, I give credit. Like, everyone looks like they belong in the era, except for maybe Robert De Niro. So, all of this being said. I still think it's a good film. Like I said, if you were already going to go see in a theater, have a wonderful time. If you were on the fence about the theater, I personally am going to say it might be okay to wait. Overall still, I'm going to give it a 3.9 out of 5 because I do think the story at the heart of it and Lily Gladstone's performance, like uh, just so phenomenal. I I don't want to overblow this because that's like that happens so much, but I just, she really just brings a quiet power to this film. So 3.9 out of 5 for me. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a five-star rating, a review, or even consider subscribing.